Storm Bowling Products, the Bowler's Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight podcast is Kelly Kulik. Kelly Bowl collegiately at Moorhead State University. She's a 16-time member of Team USA, also spent two years on Junior Team USA as well, and has six PWBA titles. Kelly, it's Tim Berg and Coach Casey of Clemkin here. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. Always a pleasure to be part of this. All right, Kelly, well, we have to begin with the news that college bowling has been postponed until after the first of the year. All the competition will take place in 2021, hopefully. Someone like yourself who's bowled on Team USA, junior team, collegiately, what advice would you have for that person to keep themselves sharp during that time? Because practices can still be happening if they're back on campus, et cetera. They can be practicing on their own if the centers are open. But what can someone do to stay physically and mentally sharp without a competition for you know seemingly a long amount of time? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I mean, I always think it's more beneficial when you have the practice time than you do the competition because it really gets you prepared and to perfect your techniques and everything. Uh, of course, you're always learning on the fly because the variables are constantly changing. I would be doing some mock competitions within the college team itself, you know, to uh, formulate some doubles and some trios teams or anything like that and really try to simulate some type of competition and have some little small reward at the end of it so there's something to really strive for and achieve for. But anything to stay sharp that way um, when, it, when it comes time that the, the kids can get back on the lanes and compete in that five-man team and that singles competition, that's what I'd be doing. Um, it, it's so much different now. I imagine the students might have a little bit more time on their hands because a lot of the universities have virtual classes going on, um, not so much in the classroom because of COVID. So you could take advantage of that time if, if enough time is being adequated for your studies, put it towards, you know, getting in the gym and conditioning yourself and build up your strength and endurance, getting in on the lanes on your own personal time if you can. And then again, just trying to find that balance of, you know, what's going on in the real world today, staying sharp for your competition, and really becomes that mental challenge. So I, I hope, I'm, I'm sure the coaches out there have done some research what they can do uh, there's some mental training videos they can research and look up, but really try to harness that competition style within the team itself on campus and keep that mental razor sharpness as well. Yeah, some of the uh, coaches that we've actually chatted with on the show have actually expressed um, that maybe they were uh, okay with having a little bit more uh, preparation time and maybe even a little bit more one-on-one -on -one coaching time because they didn't feel like maybe when the college season kicked off that they had everybody sort of ready to go and they always felt like they were still trying to work on stuff is that when you were when you were bowling at Moorhead Kelly did you when you bowled your first tournament of the season were you you know feeling like ooh, it's like it's here already or were you just are just like so excited to get on and ready to compete as a player what, what was your approach when the season started yeah that's a great point Steve um you know I I went to Moorhead State and I was from New Jersey so I was a good nine and a half hours away from home 
And I know we started mock competition in September, and I think it was the first week in October is when we went down to Atlanta, Georgia for our first collegiate competition. So you really get thrown into it. I think it benefits the freshmen who are entering the universities that are on campus right now to really get more um, acquainted with the surroundings and the environment. And then, like you said, with the college coaches, I think it's more beneficial. Now they're going to have the first three to four months of the college season to find that that harmony, that um, that you know, that music play of of working together as a team, and maybe doing more team building skills, not only on the lanes but outside the lanes. So yeah, I would agree with that. Though Steve, to go back to your point, I, I got jumped in, I got thrown in right away. We didn't know what position we were going to be starting, who was being anchor, first lead off, what it's like to get pulled and then put back in, and so mm-hmm. forth. Um, so yeah, it's a quick transition. So maybe this is going to be a better balance and blend. Of, of having those first few months to, to find that harmony within the, the classroom itself and on the lanes and with the coaches and the teammates. And again, I, I think there's some definitely some great team building skills coaches can do that, that get the communication working much better amongst the teammates. So Kelly, we talk about how college players should handle it. How did you handle everything though? When the news came out that the PWBA was going to have to cancel the season with right decision in everyone's mind, but how, how did that news hit you, and how have you been keeping active and keeping kind of what, what you're saying here? Yeah, I know it was a shock to many of the women bowling on tour. Um, believe it or not, I was going to kind of take a little bit more of a backseat approach to the tour this year. I was going to really focus on the majors and some of the stops that I could drive to and everything. I, I, I kind of got a little burnt out last year of the formats and the style of the, of the competition. Um, to the point where I just, I didn't really enjoy being out there. I, my mindset wasn't in a positive way. Uh, the, the long days on Friday nights and the short sleep from Saturday, Friday to Saturday, it was excruciating on my body, both physically and mentally. I really didn't enjoy it. So I, I kind of took a back seat. and, um, you know, USDC said they really didn't get, they canceled it because of COVID, but it was really just postponed till 2021 that they said it was going to be a copy and paste tour for next year. So I know the women were excited mm-hmm. to hear that with the opportunities, but, to me, it, it was a, a setback time for me to kind of see what I want to do moving forward, like what the next three to five years look like, the next five to ten years look like. And I, I really I, I, I dove into my physical fitness. I've been doing some Zoom classes online. I've still been teaching at the Y when they had outdoor classes offered for the month of August. So I've been staying somewhat active. Um, I'm trying to get more, more uh, posting on Facebook. I've got two more days of my push-up challenge, but I was going to head down in my basement today or tomorrow and do some layouts on some balls and post it on the site from our new releases that just came out. So I have been able to manage my time. I think because I'm still single, the mentality of just being able to be responsible for myself and find things to do, I've been able to adapt. Okay. I mean, I have to say there's times Mm -hmm. where I'm slumped over or I feel a little down in the dumps, just trying to stay active and, and finding other things to be creative to do. But the physical fitness has taken over. Um, I got to work one SYC event with a storm in Nashville and I'm going to be doing the one in South Carolina. So I'm excited about that. So I'm still keeping part of the bowling community, but I was um, as disappointed as I was for all the other ladies competing this year. To me, it was um, a break that I was looking forward to having anyway. Now you mentioned uh, physical fitness there and we have had a couple of uh, different uh, experts on that. I would, I would say, you know, Heather Dorico, for example, is one that's who's really, uh, knowledgeable and, uh, you know, does the, the sports training for a living. How important is that in bowling? And how important is that for somebody, though, when they're a younger player in college? I know, for example, when I was there, 
uh, at Wichita State, you know, when you're 18 or 20 or 22 years old, you're really not thinking much about maybe the importance of stretching and flexibility. You know what I mean? Your body feels pretty good. <laughs> then obviously over time that changes. But what, what kind of importance, you know, what kind of a message would you have maybe for a younger player uh, who, you know, doesn't necessarily see the needs or, or feels the need to concentrate too much on their on their physical fitness because they feel good just on a day-to-day basis yeah you know bowling is one of those sports where a uh, peak physical fitness is not uh, always needed you know people can adapt with different body styles and body types and for some people if they are of a more um magnified size that's where they gain a lot of their power and their explosiveness from on their push-ups uh, push-off steps so it can hinder some people in the opposite direction i know when you lose weight your grips changes you know the wrist might change a little bit over time so it is an adjustment i just think overall physical mobility and functional body movements are very key and and, and important um you know I, i'd like to think of uh, years ahead of, of i'd like to live into my 80s and my 90s so i kind of look at it from that perspective of where i see the future of my life going and mobility is great i know many of the college programs in the last i would say five to eight years have endorsed you know more physical fitness programs and, and regiments within their training activity i know mckendry does it i know uh, weber university does it there's so many schools i'm sure wichita now does as well um i think the importance of it i mean steve i haven't bowled college for a long time but just comparing it to the tour what it was in college you know you get there saturday morning for eight o'clock and you may only be bowling four or five team games but you're on your feet for five or six hours straight there's really not a lot of sitting down and you got the parents and the fans behind and screaming at you. So think about having your muscles contracted for standing six hours straight. It's like sitting in an office chair. Now they're encouraging the office people to, to stand up and work in a stand-up desk rather than sitting down all the time. So the same method applies to both. I really think mobility and functional body movements, you know, basic stuff, squats, lunges, jumping jacks, um, chest push-ups and everything that you can do on your own without weights will help increase the blood flow, which also pro- uh, produces, you know, uh, greater flexibility and usage of the muscles. And I've reached out to Heather personally and asking her for her stuff. She's the one who, who sent me on this push-up challenge, and I watch her form and everything. The important thing is to do it correctly. And like you said, Steve, I think what gets neglected the most, and I know it's from everybody, is the stretching afterwards is what's so important because – you know, think about all the muscles in your body you use just to have a delivery of a bowling ball. You've got the one arm to the side. You've got to push off. You've got to slide, a balance, posting. You know, and then you have a 15- or 16-pound object in your hand that some can throw 20 miles an hour. So you have to have some um, balance within your body uh, to be able to do that. So I, I just think overall functional body movement is great. Uh, trying to convince the, uh, the youngsters you know, I, I, you know that expression, it's so true. If I knew then what I know now, I would have been in better physical shape back then than I, like I am now and, mm-hmm. and maybe had a few more years or, or not so many aches and pains. So I think recovery is just as important, though. I, I mean, I know as, as, I, as I start approaching my mid-40s, you know, Epsom salt baths are now a routine. You know, finding those little heat lotions mm-hmm. to put on to soothe the muscles. Uh, and, and drinking plenty, plenty of water, just really hydrating the body and keeping loose as possible. So I know all the college programs have that in their in their routine now. And it, it really is great. I think it just not only promotes what you can do in those four years you're there, but just overall life experience. I think that's what's very, very important about college is that overall life experience. Kelly, you mentioned stepping back a little bit. You've you've won five majors. You said that was going to be your focus. What has clicked for you on those weeks that you won those majors? 
it goes back to just what I said, endurance. I love the longer formats. I mean, the Queens, I think I have three second place finishes at the Queens as well, but it, it's just, I like the longer formats um, to where you have four or five days of competition and not just trying to jam pack it all in one or two days. I think my body responds better to that. And uh, I made up a shirt this year, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's a grind. So my mentality is, is, is I think from my experience overall, you know, you're going to have that bad game and you just have to put it quickly, put it behind you to move on what's ahead of you and what's in front of you to go. And I think that's where I benefit most, especially at the U.S. Open. Although my last three U.S. Opens, I have to say, I've been very disappointed, and especially last year, I didn't even make the cut or cash. But usually the longer formats really benefit my, my game, my style. I get to see how the lanes break down, and my, my, um, my changes happen much quicker over the long period of time after I know what I've seen over the course of the week. So I, the majors, you, you get so excited for it. I mean, really, the money is great, but the title is what you want, and I think – uh, no matter if it's just a regular tournament or a major, you still you want to put your tie up those shoelaces to win. It's it's like a drug in that addiction. But I, I really do love the majors. It just feels like it's just that much more special. Well, I can tell you I was actually there for one of those wins. And I do remember when you won the Queens in 2010 when it was outside. And we had those lane conditions that were so challenging, right? I mean, that was – Yeah. That was – that was uh, for those of you, anyone listening to this podcast – Make sure you go on and, and, and watch that on YouTube and rewatch it because, I mean, sometimes bowling outside can bring you some unexpected uh, environmental factors. And the approach that you <laughs> took to that, you know, which is just kind of getting past, I, I'll let you say it in your own words, but I mean, it, sometimes you just got to, you know, deal with whatever's presented to you and forget about maybe what it took to get there. I mean, what was that like for yeah, you kind of I- describing that, that win under that situation and circumstances? Yeah, that was Steve. That was great. That was the 2012 U.S. Open outside in Reno. And um, I I think age has something to do with it. You know, my training from the Ricker program and and then Team USA and everything, I think I'm really good. One of my strengths is just being able to adapt, you know, never trying to get overheated or over anxious because of something that might have gone wrong or that's out of my control. There's so many things that are out of my control. So really, I looked at it like that, that puzzle piece or that math equation I was just really trying to figure out. And we were all under the same conditions. It was outdoors. There was a lot of dirt on the lanes. So I just thought about, well, what's the best way I think I can attack this to solve the equation? And that's when I just went, you know, and I don't throw it very hard to begin with, but I just try to throw it straighter down the middle and try to create some angle to the pocket to to have any carry. And, and, you know, to win the U.S. Open with a 160 game was, uh, you know, I think my only title that was, well, maybe not below 200, but somewhere up in that and, it was. It was trying to adjust to the elements. I, I just focused what I could do that I had control of, you know, and, and I jokingly, my hair is always in a ponytail, but it had bobby pins in. I didn't want any hair in my face. I wore slack so I didn't have to worry about a skirt, you know, going up or, or climbing up because of the wind. I tried to defeat all the elements possible that I could control and therefore focus my full 100% attention on, on what was in front of me. And then uh, I think had... Had it been one more match, I mean, I beat Missy, but she had she had a little rotation in hers because of her tilt, and uh, I think had mm. she had one more game, I think she you know it would have been a closer match for sure. So that was uh, exciting times, and I got to say that fans' experience of having the bleachers just to the side of the lanes and behind you, and that outdoor mm. element. I mean, it's the first and only time I bowled outside and to to walk away as uh, victorious was um, you know it was a special night. It was it was great. And sometimes, you know, people get so focused on, you know, what's the oil pattern, 
and they get these, you know, conceptions of these ideas in their mind on, you know, I'm okay. I'm going to, I see this as the pattern. So I'm going to stand here and play here with this ball. And, and, you know, we see and hear about that a lot where it's good to have some kind of an education, but a lot of times your ball's not going to do maybe what you were planning or hoping it would do. And you have to go with whatever's in front of you. I think having that information, Steve, gives you a starting point. And then from there, you get to, you know, decipher what you see, because I think the best thing you can do as, as an athlete, as a bowler, is like Chris Barnes says this really well, is every center you walk into, just make a little journal of notes as the characteristics of that center. So, you know, there are some centers, even though they put a short pattern out, for example, um, when we were in California and we bowled the, the tour stops at uh, Decker's place up there in uh, Roanhart Park, you know, we bowled on short patterns for two years. You can't play the gutter there. The gutter just does not play. So here we are playing on like a 37, 38-foot pattern, 37-foot pattern, and we're starting around 16, 17 at the arrow. So I think it's important to walk away with the characteristics. And like you said, having that information is good knowledge that it gives you a starting point, but you really have to be able to adapt on the fly and see what your ball motion is telling you to do and adjust that way. So, yeah, I would agree with that 100%. You know, those graphs and then – everybody's ball is different. You're going to cross with different people over the course of the day or the tournament or all competitions. Things change so rapidly. So it's good to have that confidence in what you think might happen, but you have to be able to, uh, you know, uh, be that chameleon and adapt on, on site to, to really make the right choices. So my final question then is uh, what's left for Kelly Q? Like what goals do you still have set that you need to accomplish? Uh, great question. Um, I, I see Team USA has been great, but I, I think sometimes I've got one more year left with this COVID. I'd like to make some ways for some new girls to get some experience. Um, the only thing I haven't really done there is I've, I've never won the uh, Masters event in, in gold medal there or the All Events title. So I'd love to, to have one more medal in my bucket for that. And then on tour, I, I, I do say, you know, I was going to take a backseat this year. We'll see what happens next year. But I've never been player of the year. I've, I've gotten rookie of the year. I've been second and third in, in the re- recent years of, of the PWA coming back. Last year, unfortunately, was not was my worst showing in a long time, and I think it was just overall my mental attitude and, and a little bit of burnout and um, what I saw was happening with the tour. I, I, I'd love for there to be more sponsors and outside endorsements to come in and really boost up the prize fund and um, make the, the pay spots even greater in, in fees. But um, I, I still have a goal. I... I've been winless for a while again, so I want to get back to that podium and be on top again and have another title underneath my belt. And I'd really love to shoot for player of the year. Um, after watching Liz do it three years in a row, and she's a, a couple years older than I am, I know it's still possible. I don't, feel, uh, I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. I still feel like I'm in great shape. I just have to find a little bit more strategic way of balancing out those, those longer formats or those sprints. I shouldn't say the format, the sprint of it in that short time. And, uh, and just find a way to get a little mental mental sharpness and, and tougher mentally to endure, you know, what the tour offers for the women right now. But I just want to see some improvements of it down the road. Um, I'm, I'm grateful. The competition's probably the greatest I've ever seen it with all the the great players coming out of the college ranks and the ones that have established themselves over the years. Uh, Shannon's had some great few years. I'd love to see Plahowski win up there. So the, the competition is the best I've ever seen it at, which, which really pushes everybody to work harder. So I'm still hoping for player of the year within the next few years left. And then, uh, then we'll see what happens. I'd love to pick Steve's brain. I like learning about ball layouts and everything. And I just, uh, I'd like to be helpful that way and, and so forth and maybe take the tour rep position, but that's just a uh, future talking or, you know, 
win the lottery, marry rich, and just live off uh, in the Caribbean. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can vote for all of the above, too. There's no saying you can't do all three. <laughs> yep, exactly. Well, thanks so much, Kelly. Thanks for joining us. That's awesome. We'll definitely be rooting for you for Player of the Year honors. I mean, that's uh, you mentioned Liz Johnson. She's a fellow Moorhead State player as well. And uh, that could be yes. next up for you. I know I was excited uh, to be there for your USBC Hall of Fame induction last year. That was an exciting moment. And I'm sure there's still more to come. So um, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, sure appreciate it, Kelly. And definitely want to wish you the best. And we will touch base with you again sometime down the road. Sounds great, gentlemen. Love being on the show and, and giving any information I can and, and sharing it with you as well. So I appreciate the invite, and I look forward to being back on in the future.